Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pop Anime Comics Lounge, where I have with me cosplayer Miss Kitty Quinn. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Now, you've been involved in many aspects of cosplay for a few years now. How did you initially get involved in cosplay? Well, for me, it actually started when I was young. I started back when I was in middle school and high school. It wasn't officially cosplay, but I started making clothes and costumes. But it wasn't necessarily characters and stuff. But we had a Mardi Gras class, and I made this whole Mardi Gras costume, feathers and stuff, and I would walk around school in heels and fishnets and all kinds of stuff. So I was really known for my unique sense of style, and I taught myself how to sew. So then I went to my first convention, which was Florida Supercon, and I last minute was like, oh, I should wear a costume. So I put together this really cheap, cheesy Riku costume, and that was my first cosplay ever. And I walked around, and I had just had my baby at that time, so I had the stroller with me, and I didn't get to stay long at the convention, but it was my first one and it totally lit a fire inside of me. And now what drew you to this character that you wanted to cosplay her? Kitty Quinn is me. It's strange because it's me as a character, but it's me who I am in real life. Because over the past few years, I've started cosplaying and then I started camming. So I was in this turmoil between what should I do? What should my brand be? I have to have some type of nickname. But my name was always Kitty since I was little. So I didn't want to change my name. So I was like, how can I keep Kitty but make this character about me who I am and then I was just trying all these different names Harley Quinn was also one of my first cosplays and I really loved her and people would say that I'm a lot like her because I'm silly and giddy and blonde and jumpy and I kind of thought oh Kitty Quinn the Kitty version of Harley Quinn so that's how I put that together and then once I made my Mandalorian costume which I spent a while on it was basically a mashup of Mando and Kitty Quinn and now we're going to talk about many of your cosplays and some other aspects that you do with cosplay But I'm very curious, since you've done so many cosplays, what influences you in creating a cosplay and what draws you to certain characters? For me with cosplay, which is actually funny because on Twitter I was even saying, dang, I wish there was more characters that I would actually look like to cosplay. Because if you notice in that world, the people who stand out the most and are most successful are ones that make amazing costumes or ones that just find characters that they're just so much like that it's perfect. For me, the whole Supercon thing, that started it. My first thing that really got me into it, getting serious with it, was Mandalorian Mercs. I'm an official Mandal Merc, and I wanted to do that as a stepping stone to make myself dedicated to something to feel more official or accomplished about doing costume stuff and taking it to the next level because they have certain rules and things that you have to abide to. So I did that. It inspired me because I wanted to do something that was amazing, that I could build, that was armor, that I could put my skill into and show everyone that I'm an artist as well, not just a model that I also like to create the costumes too. And for me now, everything, because I'm a cam girl, so I do shows and I make videos. So I want to do different characters so I can help everyone see their biggest fantasy come to life. I even call myself a human hentai sometimes. And I create this fantasy show and I do live shows and I even do Instagram live shows in my costumes and people love them. I get messages all the time, people asking me, can you do another Instagram live show in your costume? So it's 
it's fun creating costumes for me. I try to find characters that I relate to, even though there's a lot of controversy on the whole sexy girl cosplay thing. I am into the sexy girl cosplay thing. I grew up a Florida girl. I like to be as least clothes as possible. So I like to do characters that help reflect my sensual energy. For example, Jessica Rabbit. I really wanted to do Jessica Rabbit because she was just like this beautiful figure that people were like, oh, it's Jessica Rabbit. Oh my gosh, with the red hair and the red dress. And everyone just thought she was this beautiful creature. So I just wanted to bring that to life and be Jessica Rabbit. Or Celine from Underworld. I just love Celine because she's a badass and she's a vampire. And I love vampires. If you notice, my Kitty Queen character has fangs as well. So it just comes from different inspirations, whether it's from a show or if I just like that character. And now, I don't think this is a secret for anybody, but cosplay tends to be expensive. How do you go about finding materials like fabric, wigs, and other elements for your cosplay and also balance the cost of all of that? Well, for me, a lot of my stuff comes off of my Amazon wish list. All my wigs are only 10 or $20. So I haven't really got to invest in expensive wigs, but it doesn't matter as long as you make it work. When it comes to material, Warble is expensive, but I just save up for it little by little. For example, my Celine costume, the coat, I made it myself, but I got it at the Goodwill. I went to the thrift store, I bought a $4 jacket, and then I went to the fabric store and I spent another few bucks on some material and sewed it together. So sometimes you can invest and sometimes you can't. And as a cosplayer, what do you find to be your biggest challenge when creating cosplays? Sometimes you're creating it when no one else has. I don't mean to bring up my Celine one so much, but since she's one of the most recent ones I did and one of the most intricate costumes that I've done with the armor that I built for the shoulder armor, it was so hard. I was literally crying before I made it because I was trying to figure out the pattern. There was only one or two pictures of Celine on the internet facing forward or sideways. I was trying to look up clips of her in the movie to see different angles of the armor to figure out the pattern, and I just couldn't do it. So it was really, really hard. I had to create my own pattern. I had to try out different patterns and trying to get it on my shoulder. And so when you're creating costumes that are characters and movies and it's not normal clothes where you can just look up patterns, you have to create that yourself from scratch. I'm about to cosplay Alexa Bliss from WWE. No one has done her cosplay. Not that I can find. And I'm trying to look up how to make her costume on YouTube, like tutorials to get help and tips and see if anyone else has done it before. And nobody else has done it. So I'm I have another headache, but it's a very joyful one, starting a new pattern and creating something that's totally new. And now to talk about your cosplays, and we're going to start with your Mandalorian Merc cosplay. What inspired that cosplay? That one, actually, I must say, was inspired because of my husband. My husband is a super Star Wars fan. Almost all of his tattoos are of Star Wars. He wanted to do the Mandalorian Mercs. I wanted to create a Mando costume, but he found the Mercs. He found the official club. And we both, at that time, we just moved from Florida to North Carolina. We were living in the mountains, and we were super board up there it's like winter half the year so we're stuck inside and we were like we have to do something with ourselves so we decided that we really wanted to do a star wars costume because it was out of our star wars passion and fandom and boba fett is just one of our favorite characters so that was what that came from so now with your mandalorian merc cosplay it has armor the helmet is very particular how did you go about creating that entire 
cosplay considering its armor and other elements are included in that well the helmet is one of the main parts which i did not make the helmet we bought the helmet from my helmet maker because in order to make those you need to have a giant workspace and you don't have a crafting oven to make that stuff so i bought the helmet but we put the visors in and we did the paint jobs when it came to the paint jobs on the helmet we taped off whatever section we didn't want to be painted a certain color and we would just get spray paint and just choose it whether you want a flat or shiny color and then we would spray it peel off the paint tape that section off and then get the other section for the actual armor that we did build my husband his plates are metal and he got his plates done by tom who is the creator and the guy in charge of the whole mandalorian mercs club and they worked on the metal it actually came from a desk so it was a metal desk that they took apart and they cut it up and turned it into armor that's how they made it my armor which i recommend is what most people would do because most people do not have access to welding tools. I made my stuff out of Sintra and then I recently made my chest plates out of Warbla, which I did notice a major difference. The Sintra is like PVC foam sheets and you can just cut it with a razor blade. We've been getting them from sign stores and companies. So if you just find a local sign shop or a few of them and find out prices, you can get a giant piece for a decent price. So use Sentra, you cut it out with a razor and then you just take a heat gun and you just heat it to shape whatever part of your body that you need. My Warbla is kind of the same, but Warbla is a different material because I got the tan Warbla so it was rough. So it wasn't smooth and flat like the Sentra. So I didn't didn't really like that for Mandalorian armor specifically, but for the Mando stuff, Sentra is the best. It's easy, really. It's just razors and heat guns and then paint job. The only other part besides that, which is hard, is the underneath of your costume, your vest. Our vest, we had to sew ourselves. I sew, so I was able to make it myself. Some people, they have to order it from Etsy, but it's the vest, the armor, and then the hardest part of it all is attaching all the armor onto your bodysuit and your vest because you have to sew the velvet so precisely that way it doesn't stick out on the sides at least for Mandalorian Mercs you have to sew it just right so it can stay in the right place and stay aligned so I think that Velcro sewing is the hardest part of it all but it's paint Sentra and then sewing and with Sentra and Warblood obviously those two are very different do you have a preference in what you use or are you not experienced enough in war blood to really make that determination at the moment? I'm more experienced at Sintra, so I love Sintra because it's really easy. But when it comes to making intricate costumes, it's not that good. It's easier for armor and plates and just things that you need to have I know people also shape Sintra because it's thick, so you can shape it. But with Warbla, I used it three times. I made my Mando chest plate, and then one day I woke up and I really wanted to be Princess Peach, so I made a really fast Princess Peach crown. And then my third time was with my Celine Underworld shoulder armor. I really loved working with the Warbla so much more than Sintra. Even though Sintra is flat, hard, sturdy, the Warbla was harder to work with, but it was so much more fun because I could heat it up and then I could take a little pen and do all the dots to the detail and then you can literally take scraps of Warbla, heat it up, roll it together like Play-Doh and then make whatever shape you need to. So Warbla, you have more creative freedom than Sintra. And now you just said you bought the helmet. What are the challenges that you face when you're buying a piece for your cosplays? 
wondering if it's going to be good quality, which nowadays with the internet, there's tons of reviews. On everything, there's good and bad reviews because everyone has a different opinion. My first Mando helmet, I actually bought at Target. It was 30 bucks, and it was a Boba Fett helmet, and I just replaced the visor on the inside in the middle, and I redid the paint job. And I also took in some putty to fill in the shot mark because I didn't want it to be the same as his helmet. So that one was easy. It was 30 bucks. I just had to clean it up. The other one, because I couldn't see it in person at the store, I ordered it over the internet, and it was more expensive, but it was from the Mandalorian Merc page, and it was one of the top people that sell helmets on there. So I wanted to invest in a better piece because I knew that it would be a costly that I would actually keep for a long time and possibly work on in the future. So it's hard when you are buying things that are handmade because it's handmade. You don't know for sure if it's going to come out exactly the way you want it, but you just have to trust and do your research on whoever is making the costume pieces. For my Lucal Maid Dragon, for example, I did the horns for my lucal. I looked all over the internet. All of the horns I saw looked like twigs and like toilet paper rolls, which is cute, but I wanted it to look more accurate. And they had one that was available for sale and it was 3D printed. So if you look for people who do 3D printing nowadays, they have a lot of really good on point precise factory type of stuff if that's what you're looking for. And your Mandalorian Merc cosplay was worn with a group with several other Mandalorian Mercs. What is that experience like for you and how do you make sure that your cosplay when you're part of a group like Mandalorian Mercs is up to their standards? So Mandalorian Mercs, just like any costume club, they have standards, like you said. When I went to Star Wars Celebration this year, I had such a blast. There was a Mandalorian Merc booth. There was Mercs everywhere, all kinds of different Mercs. There was even like Disney Mercs, mashup Mercs, and then people who were in their official Merc costumes. When you're with them, it's fine. Everyone's excited to see all the different versions of each other. We also did a march, so we marched all through the convention and we ended up downstairs in front of this big downstairs area and we filled up the whole entire space and we're just standing there and posing and people were taking our pictures and I couldn't even walk five feet in the whole convention without people stopping me and mobbing me for pictures. The only thing is you have standards when you're in a group like that. So I had a fun experience but it quickly turned into a strange experience because we're standing there for the photo and they call out all right official Mandel Mercs only. So I stayed there because I'm an official Mando Merc. They didn't say official Mando Merc kits only. They just said official Mercs. And some very rude guy, he walked right up to me out of everyone in the crowd because of course I had a bright pink and blue Mando costume and it was tiny and cute and so it was very noticeable and he walked right up to me and he goes, you can't be in the photo. That's not an official Merc costume. I'm like, okay, it's fine. But my husband got very angry because it was just very rude the way he came about it towards us. But as soon as I walked away from the picture, 10 families mobbed me for pictures all the kids are running up to me asking to take pictures of me. So I ended up reaching out to Tom and he apologized because he doesn't want anyone to think that that's what the Mandalorian Mercs is like. But I also tried to post pictures on the Mando Merc page, the Florida one of me at the Mando Merc stand with other Mando Mercs and one of the females deleted it saying that it was too overly sexy. Like Disney doesn't do anything sexy. So when it comes to being in costume clubs like that, they are very specific and they're very anal. So if you want to be in a club like that, it's fine. But when it comes to cosplay and cosplay clubs, I learned that there's politics involved and I hear all kinds of drama and stuff. But it's not with everyone. You just have to have fun when you do costume stuff. And that's why I decided I don't really care about being in clubs. I just want to do me and have my own club, the Kitty Quinn Club, and just do whatever costume I want. But it is tons of fun to be part of a big group because then you get to meet up with all those people and hang out and be in your costume together and you get bragging rights, I guess, to say that 
you're in that club. And now to change it from Mandalorian Mercs to something more in Quentin Tarantino and her fighting Crazy 88 gear. What was that cosplay like for you? That's so funny because I'm looking up at that costume right now. That was my first costume that I ever officially bought. Because Riku was my first cosplay at that convention, but I made it from regular clothes and bandanas that I had at home. And then the Mando Merc, that came a little while later, but it was really my Kill Bill costume. That one was fun because I could order it. I didn't have to make it. So starting off in cosplay, I could just get in the costume and just have fun being that character. But I also had to order the patches and sew them on. So I got to put a little bit of credit in there. But that that one is so much fun because Kill Bill has been my favorite movie since I was in high school when I found out about it. And I physically can relate to Uma Thurman because I'm blonde and long and slender. So it's so much fun to wear a costume to actually look like. But I've taken a few pictures in it and sometimes I put it on on my live shows. But I really want to meet up with a bunch of crazy 88 people and go troop somewhere with it. And now obviously Kill Bill is very well known and so is the Mandalorian Mercs. How do you feel that these two cosplay differ from one another? obviously materials because that one is just material and the other one is armor so that costume is a lot more comfortable to wear the Mando one isn't I can only wear that usually for half a day at a convention the difference is the crowd of fans that I attract when I wear those costumes of course the Mando one I get all the sci-fi fans when I wear my Kill Bill costume I get the Quentin Tarantino fans or the Uma Thurman fans and the ones that like those cool edgy movies and they have that little artistic part of themselves that they like to watch those type of films so it's two different types of people. And then there's people, of course, that just like them both, which is really awesome. And now I want to change gears and talk about several cosplays you've done from DC, starting with Harley Quinn, Suicide Squad, and then the animated series Harley Quinn that you've done. I always loved Harley Quinn and kind of did stuff in her style, but I never actually did her costume quite yet. It was one of my goals, especially because when all this really started going serious for me was around the time that the Suicide Squad movie was coming out. So I was like, if I'm going to be Kitty Quinn, I have to cosplay all the Harley Quinns. I have to do the original and the new Suicide Squad one. So I did the original one first because she's the OG Harley. And I just think she's so cute. I love her so much, like the little Jester outfit and the bodysuit and everything was really really playful so I wanted to do that especially because a lot of girls were doing the Suicide Squad Harley at that time so I'm like let me remind everyone about the original Harley but then I just really really wanted to do the Suicide Squad Harley because I'm blonde and she's more modern and I really really love how they got the inspiration for a costume originally from Debbie Harry which I also did in the outfit that they got inspiration from for Harley Quinn so I love the whole Debbie Harry thing and my birth father he used to call me Blondie and stuff. So I just felt a little bit of relation to all of that. And then following these two, you <laughs> did Harley's lover, Poison Ivy. It was a Halloween project, that one. And I did that one very cheap and easy, but it didn't matter because it doesn't take much to make a poison costume. I got the green tights, and then I just got a bathing suit top and a pair of underwear bottoms. And I went to Michael's, and I bought some fake ivy, and I got my hot glue gun, and I put it together real quick. I also cut some sleeves off of a long sleeve t-shirt and glued leaves on the end of that. So that was like a really cheap cosplay but people love it so much people request it all the time because they just want to see the green and the red hair so I love doing Poison Ivy also she's another one of my favorite cosplays and she was one of my biggest goals when I first started because she's another very sensual creature herself and she poisons you with her kisses and now this might come to shock to some people but Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy tend to be more provocative more sexy characters 
How does that play out at cons that you attend as these characters? And what guidelines, if any, have you ever had to follow with these characters? I have just started going to conventions more this year, but I get super nervous. So I just kind of want to like hide and not talk to anyone and just walk around and look at everybody. But I'm like, I'm this character. I have to be playful. I have to stand up straight. I have to poke my butt out. I have to remember some of the lines because people are going to come up to me. It's the one place where adults act really weird is at conventions. So with Poison and Harley, a lot of people want to grab me or throw me on their shoulders. And I absolutely love it. I just don't mind as long as people ask first. But I haven't had any bad experience experiences with anyone crossing any line. People by now, most of them know about respect with each other and other people when it comes to costumes, especially because those costumes can be very tiny. Although I must say to everyone, I wanted to point this out. I wanted to make a YouTube video for this. Wearing the Harley Quinn costume is very painful because those shorts are sequin shorts. So literally when I take them off, at the end of the day, I have red scratches all over the place. It's a very painful costume to wear, but that's what you do when you're dedicated. You wear it regardless. And another sexy, fiery redhead. For those who unfortunately can't see, she's dressed as Mary Jane, and that's who we're going to be talking about. How did that cosplay come about? Last year, I had dyed my hair red, so I was on a mission because going from red to blonde, first of all, very hard to do and very expensive. So I wanted to take advantage of being a redhead, and it was actually before I started buying wigs because I used to be highly against wigs. I was like, oh, they look so fake. It's so corny and cheesy. But now I come to realize wigs are so much better to wear because dyeing your hair is expensive and tedious and it destroys it. So I wanted to do a redhead costume and I saw that Mary Jane was a popular costume. So it might get me some attention to my social media page. And she was also a redheaded character. And I always loved Mary Jane because my Spider-Man that I grew up with is Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. So I love Kirsten Dunst's Mary Jane and it was one of the main superhero movies that I watched growing up that I can remember. It was my first Spider-Man movie so I always wanted to do Mary Jane from that but once I saw the Mary Jane with the Spider-Man t-shirt that there was a cosplay of it I have to do that one while my hair is red so it was because my hair was red actually that inspired me to do that one. And another redhead that you've done is Ariel from The Little Mermaid. So why did you choose to go under the sea? Oh my gosh, that was good. Because it was around the same time I did Mary Jane. I wanted to do something while I was redheaded as well. I'm obsessed with Disney movies. Disney is one of my biggest cosplay inspirations. Even though I don't have that many Disney cosplays, I'm working on them, but I always loved The Little Mermaid. It was also my sister's favorite movie. So even growing up through high school, we used to always watch it and sing the songs and everything together. So it was just a character I always loved. And I wanted to do that one a little bit different because I didn't have the time, the money to order a tail and all that. And I had these fish scale tights. I was like, oh, I could do like a little human spin-off fashion version of Ariel. And it was crazy because we were up in the mountains when I did that costume. So we couldn't go to the beach to do a photo shoot. So we just went by the stream that had sand and it looked like a beach. So I was actually using the environments around me to come up with costumes and inspirations and ideals. And I saw the beach by the stream. You don't see beach looking streams anywhere in the mountains. So I was like, I have to take advantage of that spot and do a costume over there. And then I had the red hair. So it came together. And how do you feel that this was received just on social media alone? 
It was good. I think that everyone liked it, especially because I did glitter bra top. So it was a little bit different. And it was when I started getting into cosplay. So it was one of the first things that people saw me getting creative and doing. So I think everyone got really excited to see me starting to work on little character things. And now I want to shift to talk about some of the anime cosplays that you've done. And some of them include... Mocha from Rosario Vampire, Misty from Pokemon, and Sailor Jupiter. How did you come up with these cosplays, and what drew you to their characters? I'll start with Sailor Jupiter, because it was another hurry up while your hair is red, do a redhead costume thing. That was another, because I'm red, I was just trying to find a character that I loved. I actually really want to do Sailor Moon, because that's a character that I look like, but at the time, my hair was dyed, so I was like, I'll just do Sailor Jupiter, and in the future, I will do Sailor Moon. But I always loved the little schoolgirl dress look. I think it's one of the most popular looks in the whole anime cosplay world. So I really love the costume, and she's a badass warrior chick, so why not? When it came to Misty, I always loved Pokemon. I used to play it. So I actually loved the game. So it would have been a cute little cosplay and I thought it looked good with yellow. So it was kind of just like I liked the color scheme of Misty, the red hair and the yellow shirt with Pokeballs. And then Mocha. That was one of the most exciting ones for me because I went to conventions and so many people knew who she was. I was so surprised. I'm like, only one or two people were going to know. Everyone came up to me and they're like, we won't mess with you, Mocha. People were messing with me. It was so fun funny because how her real character really is and I really love Mocha and hold her special in my heart as well as Harley, Sailor Jupiter, Mocha because I started shooting with David Love and he's a really well-known cosplay photographer. He does amazing work and Mocha was the first shoot that I did with him so it was like my first professional cosplay photo shoot. I also love that Mocha's super sweet and then she can turn into a crazy vampire, the crazy version of her vampire side so I felt like I could relate to that character. I feel like I have that little innocent play and tease but I really have a darker side as well so it was like a personal character thing that I wanted to relate with her and then probably the most popular one in recent months is your Luko from Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, which is very popular <laughs> in the cosplay world right now, done by several top cosplayers. What made you want to do this character? I have to admit that I've seen a couple episodes. So I just have to admit that because a lot of people are very anal about people cosplaying things from games they don't play. If you just love that character and think she's beautiful, then you could just dress up however you want. But I actually got my inspiration from that one from Jessica Negri. And it was before she started cosplaying her she had posted a picture of her she said something i got you fam but i saw the picture of the cartoon and i saw her big titties and i saw her hair and her horns and i was like oh my god that's so perfect i have to do her because i recently got my boob job done because i breastfed for a few years so i wanted to give myself a treat so i was trying to look for some cosplays that physically i could relate to and she was one of them and she is just so cute and she's a milf i just think she's absolutely adorable and she's fun to do because she's a really big tease so I love taking pictures in her costume because there's so many different faces and poses that you can do for her and a lot went into this cosplay especially with I guess her horns. Could you go into how you really made that happen? The horns was what my headache was over, was trying to make it awesome. Because there are certain things that I would do makeshift at home. But I wanted the horns to look really good. Because I saw a lot of horns online, and I was like, someone needs to do some 
professional looking horns, but I couldn't afford to get the 3D printed ones. And her hat has a pink cap and a white visor. I couldn't find those hats anywhere on Amazon, Michaels, nothing. So I actually went to Michaels and I bought a plain white hat and I just taped off the visor and I spray painted the rest of it pink. So really my hat was spray painted and then I cut out two holes for me to fit the horns through. And then the actual horns is made out of two headbands. And then I went to Michaels and I have those foam wreath things so you can make a fake wreath. And then I just took it and cut it in half. And then I heated up warble and I wrapped it around it and then I painted it and I didn't do the costume like everyone else did with the shorts and the tank top I did a bikini version of her so the bikini I ordered off of Amazon it was like a fake latex looking bikini but in the pictures of her and her bikini the shape of the chest bikini part was a lot more long shape it wasn't triangle shaped like everyone else's regular bikinis that we wear in the real world so I had to take the string out and cut the triangles into rectangles and then put the string back in so so it was really just making the hat and the horns mostly and then fixing the little bikini top. But the horns were fun because it was kind of simple to do and I just put it together really fast, but it looks legit. And now we didn't speak about all your cosplays, but we just spoke about one that tends to have big titties. How much <laughs> do your titties influence what you cosplay as? So they actually influence a lot. And some girls may not want to talk about this subject, but I'm very open. Some girls even deny they have boob jobs. I don't. I got one straight up and it's because I breastfed. And then once I say that, everyone just shuts up. So that's why I got that done. Before I had my boobs done, I actually was not doing a bunch of costumes that I wanted to do. I was very intimidated, especially for the anime ones, because in anime, you notice a lot of them have big titties. And I was like, I don't look like the character. I just look like a little girl. I don't look like anime character. It didn't feel very voluptuous the way those anime characters were. I feel like I couldn't pull it off as well. Even though it doesn't matter whether you have big boobs or small boobs. You can do whatever costume you want, but it does affect how you fit in clothes. I actually wanted to say earlier, Jessica Rabbit was one of the things that I decided to do after I got my boobs done because she's a big titty cosplay character. And I was like, wow, I gotta rock that Jessica Rabbit costume now that I can. I realized now that I got my boobs done, I probably should have done some gender bend cosplays before I got them done. So now I'm gonna have to really wrap my chest up really good if I ever want to do any gender bends, which I have wanted to do a couple. So for me, they're fun. They give me so much more opportunities to fill out so many more costumes because when I had smaller breasts, I had to custom make a lot of stuff. Now I can actually buy more things and put them together. And now since we kind of started to go down this path, we might as well keep going. We haven't spoken about all your cosplays. I'm sure I missed a bunch of them, but you do something that's very different than other people where you tend to go into more of an erotica cosplay setting. How do you define this and what you do with cosplay in a more adult matter? And how did it come about? Well, I call it kinky cosplay. That way I can separate it from cosplay and people know that it's adult cosplay, which has been going through a lot of turmoil and it's taken a lot of processing and downloading and just trying to figure out how am I going to do this kinky cosplay? Because I'm in between the cosplay world and then in between the adult erotica world. And it actually had a very famous and well-known cosplayer. Well, her boyfriend had told me because I had hit him up, can you give me advice on where to get prints and all this stuff? He was like being a cam girl and doing 
something erotic or nude cosplay will destroy your chances of your career in cosplay. And they kind of put me off. I doubted doing the kinky cosplay for a long time. I took down a bunch of my website stuff. I was unsure. But then I started working with David Love and that gave me confidence because he is a super professional and he works with a lot of the famous successful cosplay girls. And he thinks that what I'm doing is genius. He's like, go do whatever you want. Do what makes you happy. Don't listen to those people because the market that you're reaching is actually a lot bigger market because it's more so adults that have money to support cosplayers and pledge to Patreon pages, not kids. So why are you trying to cater to just kids? And I'm a family woman myself. I'm a wife and a mother. So I'm trying to find that space in between regular cosplaying and then adding my erotic thing in there. I'm a cam girl, so I do live shows in my cosplay costumes. And people love it. People sometimes are scared to come to cam shows because they're nervous. It's not all what you think. Most of the time, I'm just hanging out, singing. I'm changing different costumes on, dancing around in them. I make custom videos and stuff like that in my costumes. That way I can cater to people's fantasies with those characters. I'm also brewing in my mind about doing some cosplay burlesque. A big inspiration for cosplay came from pogo music. I found out this guy who does music and he remixes Disney songs and other movies and I'm actually working on my Snow White costume because of him and his music. So I want to do a Snow White burlesque dance and I'm thinking of doing a Mary Poppins burlesque dance as well. The erotic thing, it can be touchy subject because there's a lot of prude and judgmental people out there who do not respect all the sexy cosplayers. But I think as time passes, everyone is becoming more open-minded and more appreciative of it. So it's becoming a lot of fun, especially because of all the support that I've been getting. And that's why a lot of my characters that I choose, I like to choose sensual ones. I want to do Pretty Woman or Know Me From Showgirls. Like I have a list of specific sensual characters that I want to do because no one else will do them because they're afraid to be judged. When in reality, everyone really wants to see those characters. And how do you feel that patron fits into all of this and really is pushing the boundary in this realm? Maybe not to the level that you are as a cam girl and kinky cosplay, but even kind of starting to push that boundary. It's funny because on Patreon, they allow erotic artwork and erotic modeling. They just do not allow pornographic stuff so if you start getting toys or fluids involved that's when you cannot be on patreon anymore but patreon is really awesome because it's a way for me to have a platform to get a fan base who actually appreciate my cosplay work and i'm honestly really grateful for it because it's a little thing that i have even though it's newer that i've started doing it just this year i started it but it's something that reminds me work on your costumes and your modeling and i love it because it's almost the cosplay version of suicide girls or similar to cosplay deviants where you start off your sets in your costume you end up out of your costume so it allows me the freedom to go to the level i want to but i think it's awesome for other girls that don't want to do nude stuff but they can still have support with their cosplay stuff so it's really good because it points out to people that cosplay is really expensive and for me it's not just costumes it's costumes it's babysitting it's photographer it's travel gas it's everything so it really is nice to have some help with my efforts. I think we spoke about a lot and we covered a lot of different elements, some of your cosplays, obviously this new kinky erotica developing topic for lack of a better word. What advice do you have for people who want to get involved in cosplay? My advice would be 
Pick a convention that you want to go to because a convention is a good way to put fire under your butt. That way you can make yourself get costume ready and you have a place where you know that you can wear your costume and you'll be accepted and adored. And then pick a character and start with that one costume. Or even if you can't start with a full costume, inspire yourself with costume pieces. Like I don't have my Princess Peach costume yet, but I have the crown and the gloves. So I dress up in that when I can until I'm getting that costume. So just like little things even if you can get a t-shirt this Mary Jane t-shirt is just a t-shirt it's not really a costume but you can still take pictures and be that character so you can still start small I would say start small somewhere get an Amazon wish list or just make a little list for yourself write it down on paper make a goal and start working on one costume and then pick a convention that way you have a project and then you have a place to showcase your project and then finally do you have anything you like to promote website Facebook Patreon Twitter Facebook so I made a website, kittyquinn.com. So it's kitty, K-I-T-T-Y, and Quinn, like Harley Quinn, Q-U-I-N-N.com. From there, you can get my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. You can also access my Patreon page. You can contact me. You can read about me. You can see my cosplay erotica I have available. You can see all my information there. Most of all, I'm working on my Instagram and Twitter for my social media. My Patreon and my Instagram would be lovely if you guys gave me a follow on there and checked out my Patreon page or you just go to my website in general. All the links are there. KittyQuinn.com As always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. And we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitch Radio, and anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts. And this week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Coinbase. If you click on the link down below, they have a great deal going on where when you buy $100 of Bitcoin or sell $100 of Bitcoin, you get $10 and I get $10, which helps to keep this show up and running. And I truly believe that cryptocurrencies are the future of the world. So definitely now is the time to get involved and you are going to get a 10% return on your investment of $100. So it's a great time to invest. All you got to do is click on the link down below, sign up, buy 100 bucks, and you get another $10 for free, no charge to you. And if you're not into Bitcoin, I completely understand, but you could definitely follow us on Twitter at PopAnimeComics, as well as check out our website, PopAnimeComics.com, for articles relating to anime, comics, and pop culture, as well as give our Facebook page a like. It's PopAnimeComics. And until next week, everybody, have a wonderful week.